Have you heard about Hubie Halloween? Hubie Halloween? I don't know how it's pronounced. Hobie Hawohoheen. I don't know how it's pronounced either. I know what you're talking about. Adam Sandler film. Yes. Which is... On Netflix. Yes. Lucky, happy, Hubie, Hopi, Billy, Billy Gilmore, or is it happy... Madison. Happy Madison. I think that's okay. We got it. Okay. That's how they did it too. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that the Adam Sandler production wing? They, I don't know. Okay. You know what? This is for, this isn't for you, but you have to participate anyway. This mm-hmm. is for the listeners. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a great show. Uh, anyway, they have a new movie on Netflix in time for Halloween. Yes. Called Hubie Halloween, if mm-hmm. that's how it's pronounced, if mm-hmm. that's really your name. Yeah. And it's apparently really great. I find that incredibly hard to believe. I, as do I. As I've been making fun of the Netflix uh, splash art for it uh, for months now. Yeah. Where Kevin James's character, and maybe this is part of the character. I, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But maybe this is part of the character. But it's just clearly wearing like a terrible wig. Like a mullet uh, wig. Yeah. But it's like you can yeah. it's not even, the, the weave isn't woven. Like it's just sitting on his head. Yeah. Now again, maybe that's part of the character. I don't know. But I have heard from semi-reliable sources that this is, this is pretty good. And it's almost hilarious to say that it is like a return to form for an actor whose form just mathematically is terrible films. Right. <laughs> to return right. to the form of the Happy Gilmores and the Billy Madisons of the mid nineties. Those is... were those were peak. Those were those were good at Right, but that films. is that is a sad assessment of yeah. a long, long career. True. But apparently it is designed to be that in a way. Um, maybe throw a little Waterboy in because he's playing, you know, a, a kind of a character character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess Thermos Boy was one of his SNL characters. This is like a recycling of, a, of an old, old character. But it has um, Julie Bowen in it. Um, I think Rob Schneider. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pulling a lot of the old people in. It's almost sure. like a... Like an Avengers film of the uh, Happy Madison uh, okay. productions, yeah. Gotcha. But not for one, not Uh-oh. for one cast member, Uh-oh. one brave Boston news anchor who was fired for being in the film. What? Morning news anchor Alina Pinto was in the film. She is a local Boston news anchor. Boston, of course, the uh, old stomping grounds of um, Mr. Happy Gilmore himself, Adam sure. Sandler. Yeah. And she was in the film. I've seen the scene because it's uh, on social uh, medias or on YouTubes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's she's just doing like a the, it's a solid gag. It's a solid gag because she is trying to do the news and she's dressed up for Halloween news, and so she's wearing a Harley Quinn outfit. But uh-huh. it turns out like all the other women in the, the news studio have all come as Harley Quinn. Well, that's a good joke. It's like, solid because, gag. Yeah, because yeah. there are so many people who dress up as Harley Quinn. Good yeah. stuff. She got fired because <laughs> apparently Why? appearing. Well, this is like if you are and I'm not sure if this is true or not. I know a couple news people and they are um, all very, um, very down to earth. Hmm. Um, they're not at all what you would think of as I don't know where I'm going with this. OK. The point is you would think that you'd have like an agent or a lawyer or something that would like you run your offers and your things through. Yeah. And they would go, oh, no, no, no. Remember in your contract, it says that you can't appear in outside productions, which was apparently the case here. And so she was let go. Now. What? For a movie that has absolutely nothing to do with the news? and she just It's part of her contract. Wow. Yeah. So I will find out like how uh, successful Hubie Halloween has been because maybe there will be a fan outcry and she can get that job back. <sighs> Or maybe this, she's a terrible person, say. a bad employee, and they were just looking for something concrete that they could get rid of her. I don't want to put that on her. I don't know her at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it seems so weird and abrupt 
that uh, it does. Uh, yeah, maybe we, let's get this uh, this girl rehired. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Um, I guess that's why you you got to read your contract all the way through. What I was right? trying to say about the news people is that like I know a lot of like, how do you become a news person? And I I don't know. I just imagine I that to, you I grow went to up college with somebody who um you know I was a theater major. You ever seen To Die For? Gus Van Zandt's To Die For. No, it's not going to help this this conversation. Go ahead. Um. I, I was just gonna say um, uh, somebody who I who is another fellow theater major just a year after me. She's a, she's a news anchor. Sure, yeah, and because she's from theater. Yeah, and you think that yeah. like you you grow up idolizing Willard Scott or whatever, and then you go to college, you know, get your communications or your t- you know on camera TV uh, degree, and mm-hmm. then you just go to a small market, and then you go to a bigger market, and the goal right. is network, right? Right, right, right. Uh, and all the people I know who are on the news all got there. In different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a scientist who became a meteorologist or they were like a theater uh, student actor, a uh, part-time actor who became like the movie person on a new show. Right. Or um, or they were like on the radio and just ended up doing like news and then moved into like public radio and doing news all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just like, you know. I, yeah, I mean, she's pretty. She, she seems pretty down to earth as well. Like, <laughs> it's not about being down to earth. Oh, the, the people I mentioned are all insane. But I'm just wow. saying, you just think that, like, I don't know. You just think. I, I guess you don't question where they come from. A Walter Cron- Cronkite emerges, fully formed, like the Urukai, you know, from the fields of news, and then just we put a suit jacket on him and he sits down and starts sure. doing the news. Right, right, right. Guys, no cards. Um, yeah. I just. But rem- sometimes they're just like you know fun people who want to. We're all in costume. Well, <laughs> they get yeah, paid right. a little bit to be in an Adam Sandler movie, and they lose their jobs. I think I it's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Um, I just remembered something though about my um, fellow um, college Uh-oh. mate. No, no, this is not a bad thing. It just connects to Adam Sandler, kind of. Uh-oh. Uh, no, it's not a bad thing. Oh. She had an internship Uh-oh. in New York with SNL. Um, oh, that's too bad. So <laughs> SNL is well, you know. Let's talk about it. You organically, you brought it up. I did. Um, NBC is NBC. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, they're they're jingle rocks, but that's no, been around for forever. But it's NBC. okay because because Samantha Booba Bloop really gave it to Trump. She really took it to him. Okay, I don't know who that is. NBC gave Donald Trump a primetime town hall opposite oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of Joe Biden's, which was yeah. on I don't remember what channel ABC. it was on. I don't know what it was. I heard Biden's actually got more view- okay. viewership. Thanks though. for jumping to the end. Yeah, okay. But the point was that they were supposed to have a debate. Yes. Which Donald Trump was not going to be able to go to because he, he too sick. He's sick, boy. And he didn't want to do a virtual Except he's not. Event. He's invincible. He's kissing all the women and all the men. I don't like kissing the men, but I'll kiss the women. And now he's just, you know, he's playing hooky from school and then you see him out at the skate park and it's like, oh, I thought you were sick. Yeah. So he set this up. Now, obviously, from a TV, you know, Ned Beatty uh, perspective, uh, this is like a good idea, right? It's we're going to duel with ratings. Sure. But we're not talking about this isn't a game. This is the future of our democracy and this country. Yeah. And so NBC, who for a long time played at being, they're like the kid who like hung around in the uh, junior high, high school movie, who hung around outside your group. I, you're in the movie now. Somebody, mm. the the popular group. It was mm. like, yeah, sure, I'll get your books for you. Yeah, yeah. But then like the uh, death metal kids were like, hey, come over here. And then it's like, no, nah, I'm a death metal kid now. That's why I have a safety pin through my nose. Right. And screw you. Right. 
This is a complicated metaphor mm-hmm. because it's not like you want to be with the popular kids. They're not like good necessarily. But the point is that NBC and MSNBC tried to be liberal for years. Yeah. And nobody took them seriously. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like they're, they're flirting with like radical extreme rightism. Okay, right. And so them giving Donald Trump like uh, a thing and you go and back to the original point of, well, yeah, but the moderator really grilled him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What do you do with Nazis? You don't platform them. You right. platformed a Nazi. Mm-hmm. You did that. Right. And you can ask him all the questions in the world. He's been asked all the questions in the world, like, why don't you rent to black people for his entire life? Yeah. And he always gets out of it. So the mm-hmm. best thing to do is just not put not him on TV. Give him a chance. Right. To, uh, but they screwed that up. Mm-hmm. And then SNL screwed up. It had putting on their stupid little pantomime and didn't even bother to try to make the point of their parent company, which in the past they've been happy to do, mm-hmm. didn't even criticize NBC for doing what they did. Do you think you think SNL that he's, has gone... you think that Trump's fiddling while Rome burns? SNL is playing the kazoo while Rome burns. I don't know who that is. Who don't you know who that is? What, what, some somebody I didn't catch the name. Repeat what I said. I I can't. I can't. SNL is playing the kazoo while Rome burns. I, that's what I said, right? While Rome burns. Yeah, but not Jim oh. Rome though. The city of Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I Did I? I thought you because I'm feeling under the weather. I could do this. No. Could all be Cantonese, and I wouldn't know. No, but I'm pretty I sure that's what I said. Okay, I just didn't hear you clearly. <laughs> okay. right, well, I'm sorry. I'm sure people um, are rolling it back to check. But. Um. Yeah. Uh. Do you think SNL has gotten soft? I mean, I don't think that they've been... Traitorous. I think that's a weird way to pronounce traitorous. Oh, okay. All Maybe right. not to the country, but definitely to the principles of making fun of the people in power. Absolutely. And you have, you absolutely knew when you know the fly landed on Pence's head, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, well, guess we're not going to talk about... Uh, you know, taking away rights of uh, gay and lesbian trans people in the country. We're just going to be talking about a fly on an old man's head. Because that's what's important. And then SNL's like, wow, here's our opportunity to like put the conversation back on the ridiculous things that he is uh, espousing fly on the head. Yeah. And it wasn't even, and it was, it was brown bag, you know, bargain basement. They wanted Jeff Goldblum, but Jeff Goldblum was probably like, shit, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. No. Right. But Jim Carrey's happy to do it. Yeah. Why is Jim Carrey doing this? He doesn't need to do this. He has I so much money. Don't and know. it's NBC. It's TV. I know. It's it's the it's the latest original programming they have on a weekend. Like mm-hmm. they can't be offering him enough money to do this. No. So why is he doing it? I have no earthly idea why he's doing it. Do you want to talk about nerd stuff? Yes, please. I absolutely do on the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan Hana. Allow me to go. <laughs> I'm not feeling good. No. But um, we're, we're pushing through. Yeah, but I got some of the uh, Regeneron <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> just, 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 just like, uh, it just sounds like such a I hate this cartoon. Name. I hate this cartoon. I know, right? It has not been good for a long time. Mm-hmm. But we're here to talk about something that was a cartoon and then became something else. Yeah. And to debate whether it's good or not, I guess. Yeah. The spooky season is upon us. Uh, I don't have too much time left before. Um, the most important Halloween of the 21st century. <laughs> Everything wow. is the most, this is the most important shit I'm going to take for the 21st century. Right. Uh, but we're talking about spooky stuff before Halloween comes up. And we thought that we would revisit something uh, that we hadn't seen. And that was probably yeah. very influential uh, for kids 
uh, who are now adults, mm-hmm. but uh, it was too late. I was already an adult. Right. Uh, but with that eye, with that perspective, that adult perspective, uh, we're going to talk about it. Jeez, what is it? Tell us already. Yeah, yeah. Talking about Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2. The, the live action The live films. action Scooby-Doo films. Yeah. A real spooky pollution. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Randy. <laughs> Do you want to pick another uh, team member that you can you can really nail? I don't know if I can. Jinkies. Do, yeah, Linda Cardellini's. Yeah, right. Velma. There we go. So we're talking about that, uh, and we're talking about the news, of course. And if we have time, and we do, because uh, we're in charge, um, I thought maybe we'd talk about, I guess we didn't get to the end of uh, Raised by Wolves, but do you want to kind of update people on how we feel about some oh. of our HBO? Because this is like slowly becoming an HBO Max podcast. <laughs> we looked all over for wow, the Scooby-Doo films, that. thinking that they'd be available uh, on you know your regular streaming services. Couldn't find them. Guess what? Guess where they were? HBO, HBO Max. Max. And they weren't only there. They also had the new execrable uh, <laughs> kind of sequel, I guess, to these films, Scoob, the prequel origin story of how Shaggy met Scooby, mm-hmm. which I don't think ever played in theaters, even though it was supposed to this year. Uh, if you remember seeing uh, previews for that a million years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's got uh, the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go all super deep, so I don't know if they have um, you know the Mystery Incorporated or any of the. They've the got new a lot stuff, of but they've got a lot of stuff. related stuff, yeah. though. I know, like Cal is singing HBO Max's praises. I, I look. I started this segment by saying this is kind of becoming an HBO Max podcast. I, I think. I think you are a one man band for HBO Max. Like you are are Bert from Mary Poppins, except the the drum says HBO Max on it. Well, think and, about it. And people and people like go in, fifteen like, bucks a month. First of all, you absolutely have Disney Plus. Whoever you are saying that, so you're already paying that for something for the Apple Dumpling Gang. And second of all, you probably depending on when you signed up for Netflix, you. You may pay, you know, eleven, twelve dollars a month for Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. So for a couple dollars more, you can watch movies you want to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the Kissing Booth. You know, I'm not talking about uh, Blood of Zeus, the terrible uh, cartoon uh-huh. from the guys that wrote Immortals, because apparently their hands are locked into writing about right. Greek myth. Yeah, uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Turner Classic Movies Collection. We're talking about films that you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Cartoon Network. And all your favorite shows. Like, I got to stop. You, I, I told you. You I are kept, an advertisement. I are you getting paid by HBO Max under the table? You not, can tell me. Solid. You can tell me. Solid. I would have kept going if and let it build if I knew that you were going to land something a little bit more solid than that at the end of my rant. But part of the strength of a good partnership is knowing what your partner can't do. And so that's why I, I'll just stop. <laughs> I would uh, flip you off if the audience could hear it, but they can't. So we I'll need just a say sound. That. That's perfect. We need a sound that that is that is the yeah. equivalent of yeah. you know flipping somebody like running away. They run away, and then that sound is. Right. I can't really do it with my mouth. Or uh, uh, what else? Uh, uh, when somebody slips and falls on a banana peel. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. right. Or you throw something and it. Like yeah, these are exactly. all like, you know, Halloween sound effects, right? Sure. So if we had something that was like, yeah, like right. somebody flipping somebody off. get to work on that <laughs> sound effects, people. Yeah. What do you think the uh, world of sound effects is like? I feel like it was huge in the mid uh, 20th century because, yeah. you know, a lot of the, well, I had a lot of, this is how like old I am. like the early 20th. This is how old I am. I had mm-hmm. a lot of, yeah, it was radio. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. radio is huge. Sure, right. But that 
trans translated into home um, hi-fi kits. Yeah. And um, I had a bunch. This is how old I am. I had a bunch of um, you know thirty-three and a half uh, RPM records. You know the Spider-Man and uh, and the and the Man Wolf or something like that. Mm. It was all like woo, theater of the mind and and that sure. sort of thing. Um, Halloween records, the Monster Mash. Sure. And you, of course, you need. Of course, you need sound effects still, but of course, yeah. there's so many other things to worry about now, including uh, computer graphics integration mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I think, and like Ben Burt, like guys like the, who did the, oh, I used a, a, a squeak of a tennis shoe and uh, to make the sound of the doors opening, you know, or the um, lightsaber is just me putting a microphone near a... Well, I think that's, yeah, I think that's really neat because it's like you be, you're creative and you're like, okay, what is the idea of like, what is the type of sound that we want to go with this thing? And like something with like lightsaber, um, or even like, um, you know, the X-Wing has become so iconic. Yeah. Um, and that we, we now, we hear that sound and we know exactly what it is. We can picture it without even seeing it. Yeah. Um, but somebody came up with that. And I think right, that ben that's Burt. yeah, I know, but I think that they are kind of unsung heroes. But the day in a of way. the celebrity like sound effects guy is over. <laughs> but also, was there I ever don't, Ben Burt? <laughs> besides him, though, but do, like, yes, I mean, I guess we do um, have sound um, awards and stuff like that still. Right, we do still recognize. But it's like, good it. job you didn't run into the boom mic when you you know exited yeah. the scene. Um, but I guess my point is, is that I. I, I know I'm an audio producer and a, and a video editor, mm-hmm. um, so I don't. Well, anyway, I I don't know. I'm not the, but I'm not the guy who grew up listening to, you know, sound effects album number five. Oh, that's track thirty one. <laughs> but I watch YouTube videos by people who have been, uh, who did do that and, yeah. are, and do it now, and they comment a lot on the reusability of sound effects in a lot of like smaller, like Bloomhouse, let's say, productions. Sure. So they'll be like. I don't know where these ghosts are, but we got to get out of here. Like, oh, that's door opening number 12. Interesting. And it's like, okay. Wow. Well, that's super nerdy. I love it. I guess to get a new sound effect, you have to like commission, you have to like rent a Dolby studio, right? And, and you're not going to do that. You'll just license a 70-year-old sound effect. So but it seems just... a little strange that in this age of digital, you would still be doing that. But then again, you just take that album that... Uh, that record mm-hmm. <laughs> digitized the sound, and now you can just offer it digitally. So, who gets paid? Does the creator of the sound effect get paid? Whoever the rights holder is. The creator's long dead, but the, the, the company, owns maybe? The, yeah. Okay, got it. I guess that makes sense. Everything should be Wilhelm screams. Everything. <laughs> Even that, that, open the door. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, it's so good to see you. Oh, give me a kiss. <laughs> oh, it's you. <laughs> oh, my God, that guy's going to fall off that building. That was weird. I thought he'd make a sound. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the news. So, boy, this this news. Here's let's start with the the, the stories that relate to us okay. personally. Okay. And I know that you are worried, very mm. worried about theaters. Uh, movie theaters, yes. But you shouldn't be worried. Oh boy, things are turning around. Why? Because Governor Cuomo has announced that cinemas. Outside of New York can reopen when your phone tells you it's time to record the show. Oh my god. On October twenty third. What? Why is he saying outside of New York? Because New York is too densely populated. 
So outside of New York, I'm assuming that's, you know, the New York five, City, the outside five of the five boroughs, yeah. Staten Island, Poughkeepsie, Candyland, <laughs> Coruscant. Gotham. And Gotham. <laughs> so yeah, like if up in Albany, you're fine. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but not in the city. But this is still Great news for a lot of exhibitors. Uh, they are. It's also um, abrupt news. A lot of exhibitors were ready to, uh, you know, settle in for the long haul, and so yeah. they are rushing to hire or rehire, probably hire uh, yeah, new employees, right. train them, clean up, get everything ready to go, and so they're doing that. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see how this goes. I, I'm still a little anxious about the. I. I just. I love movie theaters and I want them to do well. I just I I wouldn't feel comfortable about going to one right now. So I'm it still makes me a little anxious that they're open. I'm still I'm on the fence about that. I think as we talked about on a couple last weeks ago, episode, I don't know. or maybe on uh, recent co videos where I know I can take care of myself. I just don't know. Yeah. When that kid spills the giant orange drink on me. Right. And, and we, like when we have to interact, then what's what's gonna happen? Well, and like I can choose to not eat concessions and leave my mask on the entire time, but yeah. I don't think that everybody's gonna choose to do that. Right. So like, you know, it's something that like we can handle, but if other people can't handle it, right. we'll be fine, but they'll be infecting each other and people will die. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they should stay closed. Right. Uh, AMC is is pondering that right now as they have announced that they are um going to be out of money by early 2021 okay um i don't know it's going to be it's like what kind of company that that's kind of thing that you keep secret that's not going to investor confidence is not going to be high but they're that's basically them going you know when you're you're drowning in the cartoons and yeah. the hand goes up one time and it goes up a second time yeah this is the second time yeah it's like we need help i wonder if the government is going to well, if they'll, Andrew they'll... Cuomo is going to help out yeah, because right. he cares about the five boroughs of New York City. Oh, my God. Boston. <laughs> S- Sullust. Um, Metropolis. <laughs> Candy Town. Yeah, right. I, so I said that before. Sorry. <laughs> I meant Plasticville uh, and New Delhi. Yeah, right. New Delhi. I like that one. Um um lots of delis in new delhi um and <laughs> uh anyways um yeah because i mean they they the government like they're like they they you know buy or help out like big banks and huge corporations are they going to help movie theaters and restaurants and stuff like that are they going to help these other companies well a restaurant is just uh you right yeah hey please save my restaurant mm-hmm. but you know, Regal Cinemas is know, a bigger company. They have ties and tie pins. Hey. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we are still struggling with every every single person, everything, every decision-making process. Everybody's holding their breath until mm-hmm. the election, mm-hmm. which is like, come on, guys. I mean, we can still do stuff, especially 50 states that are self-governing. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be. Yeah. Big government. What happened? Um, So anyway, um, I don't want your answer, whoever is listening to this, to that question. Uh, But let's talk about some of the movies that are uh, dealing with uh, these strange times that we live in. Uh, Of course, um, we know, I think we've talked on the show previously about how Eddie Murphy is doing Coming to the Numeral 2 America. 
the mm. long, 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 long-awaited sequel yeah. to Coming to America, which, boy, Paramount, you just can't catch a break. There's got to be a precedent for a company that just goes, let's not make movies anymore, let's just do TV, it's fine, right? <laughs> because their movies, you know, outside of the Transformers movies, mm-hmm. uh, are just not getting it done. Yeah. Uh, Paramount Studios is always on the brink of collapse. And they had uh, bankrolled uh, and were, you know, producing this Eddie Murphy movie, which they have now sold to Amazon Studios, so it can appear on Amazon streaming services. Really? Yeah. When was the film supposed to come out? Good question. I don't know. Not gonna look into it. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Probably um, this year. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's set to stream uh, this December. Hmm. I uh, I gotta be honest. I never saw Coming to America. Oh, so, uh, put that on your list. Yeah. Okay. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down right now. I don't know if you can hear the sound effect of me writing this down. Ah! <laughs> um. Okay. Um. I mean, what 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 can we expect in Coming to America too? Like, what would the story even be about? Good question. Like I've seen him it. becoming more of an American. It. I don't. know. I don't remember the last part of it. The end. Yeah. I'm, I think that Azim decides to stay in America because he loves it and he loves the the girl that he met. But I don't remember. <laughs> but it'll be. You know, it's been a long time, and there's no way to. I mean, we can Nick Fury him, but there's no way to like make Eddie Murphy younger, right? So mm-hmm. it's just going to have to be picking the story up 25 years later. Like he has some family member or something like that yeah. who's coming to America. Well, him and his kids, hopefully, and his and his wife, and uh, mm-hmm. James Earl Jones is sh- definitely should be in it because he's still with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, Eddie Murphy, if you had just stuck around in Hollywood. <laughs> Not did your weird uh, post Pluto Nash retreat. Yeah, uh, we wouldn't have to make this and try to explain, you know, where you've been for thirty years. Yeah, I don't know. well, I don't know. Uh, People's lives are more important than films, and so, but when your life life is film, <laughs> what then? <laughs> what then? Um, speaking of other movies that may or may not come out, Wonder Woman. We don't know. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe we got this covered. Don't believe giant freaking robot. They don't know what they're talking about. No. But they are talking about a general trend, which is movies leaving theaters. And so I've been saying, here's a great example. Let's say that I'm. we've got this covered. Oh, boy. I've been saying since uh, since March that um, the uh, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas convention, which is the biggest uh, yeah. uh, Star Trek convention in the world, will not be happening in 2020. Yeah. And so we got closer and closer to mid-July or whenever mm-hmm. it usually is. Mm-hmm. And July eventually it was pushed yeah. back to December. And yeah. I'm like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. No. Because I am watching the trends and I see what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, don't you can't trust me. You shouldn't You shouldn't base your like booking, your travel booking on what I'm saying. But oh, am I actually making an argument for them? Yeah. <laughs> the, what are you trying to the, say? The point is, is that the writing is on the wall. Uh-huh. Don't they, they will claim this as a win because they had a story two weeks ago about how it's absolutely coming to DC Universe streaming or whatever or um, HBO, I guess, because DC Universe is yeah. now a comic yeah. site, which is weird. Um, and I'm saying they'll be right eventually because obviously you're not going to drop a $200 million movie when all the theaters are closed. But they are claiming some source and they don't have a source. Mm-mm. They're just reading the trends. But I anyway, don't, I don't know that the, I. The actual story is, yeah. is that they talked to Patty Jenkins, who's been doing a lot of interviews recently, yeah. and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> so it doesn't look good. 
I guess I would be surprised if they decided to move it to streaming only. I mean, especially with the trend of like Black Widow, which was originally supposed to come out in May of this year, being pushed back an entire year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened to Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, I, I don't think that they want to release it streaming. No, of course only. not. So I don't think that's what they want to do. I could sell it to Amazon Studio. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> like you said, it'll be on um, HBO. So, you know. <sighs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, so check this out. We've got an announcement, a new casting announcement. Star of Babysitter's Club. And forgive me for my uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant pronunciation. Uh-oh. But um, Sochital or Sochit? Sochital okay. okay. Gomez. Um, very famous, joins uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in the new Doctor Strange to the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, okay. Cool. Marvel has refused to comment, so we don't know anything about what she's going to play. But I'm <laughs> okay. trying to think of who would be a, like a young 16-year-old girl in Doctor Strange's world, and I don't know. <laughs> Man, if you don't know, I really don't Well, I don't, don't know, know a ton about Doctor Strange, but... Oh, okay. I do know that Sam Raimi is directing the film because apparently when Scott Derrickson, who... Great guy, great guy, mediocre filmmaker. Mm. When he has creative differences with Marvel yeah. and leaves the project, it's like, okay, so did Marvel want it to be good? Or Whoa. was Marvel going in a... But what was the, what was the difference? Because then you bring Sam Raimi on. Sam Raimi, who yeah. I think can work for hire, but generally is known as a very idiosyncratic like writer-filmmaker mm-hmm. who does what he wants... Was it creative differences? Because you just handed it to a guy who does whatever he wants. If Edgar Wright, you know, quits and takes his ball home and you hire Peyton Reed, makes perfect sense. Mm. Peyton Reed is like, he's he's a jobber. He's a skilled jobber. Yeah. He comes in to do his own thing and goes home. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I don't know either. I was a little surprised by that, too, that they decided to go with Sam Raimi, but whatever. Well, Um, it's going to where there's going to be a lot of like POV shots of Doctor Strange running from something. (laughs) Well, I I had heard before Derrickson left, too, that it was it was it was supposed to be kind of like a darker film. And with his like, um, you know, his so dark. Well, but with his experience, you know, with horror films and everything, I was I was open to see comedy films. Yeah, I know. But I was interested to see what that might be. I don't think we're going to get that with Sam Raimi, which me all maybe maybe that's fine. We'll have but to see. yeah, we will have to see. We will have to see. Do you think this character will be related to the Scarlet Witch at all? Who I know is also supposed to be in the film, and her envisioned show is coming out on Disney Plus before the end of the year. I don't think Scarlet Witch hangs out with a lot of teenage girls. She's got two teenage sons. Huh. Maybe they'll make. Okay. Uh, oh, you can't though. What? I was gonna say maybe they'll make um, one of the sons a daughter, so Vision and Wanda's. But like, you gotta be careful though, because like, isn't one of them one of them is is gay, right? Oh, I don't. I'm I'm not super and so familiar. So you don't want to so erase that. No. Maybe they're both gay. Are they both gay? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, okay. This, um, we're, we're in the land of I don't know what I'm talking about, so <laughs> I'm going to kind of clam up a little. But I will say that Michael B. Jordan is going to produce a Static Shock movie for DC. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Are you making fun of me? No, I'm doing the Red Letter Media thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, we, we knew about this from DC Fandom in August. 
but that it was happening. Yeah, now know that uh, yeah that Michael B. Jordan will be a part of it. Um, I think that's awesome. Do you think he'll actually end up being in the film somehow so as like a mentor or something like Isn't that? Like really Static busy? Shock is yes, and Static Shock is supposed to be kind of a younger kid. No, oh no, no, he's not gonna. No, no, he won't be Static Shock. Yeah, yeah. Um, no offense to Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, it's, I mean he's still pretty young. He's pushing but... forty. I think it's okay. Oh, okay. Isn't he? I don't know. He's gonna be in his mid thirties at least. Okay. Um, I don't know. And look, we all love Letitia Wright, mm-hmm. but she's not gonna be. Black Panther, right? So I bet Marvel's that like, how can we bring? He was only stabbed in the chest. How can we bring Killmonger back and then Killmonger becomes the new Black Panther, which is just, I look. I don't look, know how they can I do whatever they want. That's just that. that's shitting on the entire legacy of him in the comics, Black Panther, yeah. in my opinion. But nope, they don't care. Michael B. Jordan's hot. Uh, everybody <sighs> said that he was the equal of Chadwick Boseman. They're not saying yeah. it right now. No. Recently. Um, so, you know, the smart thing to do is like, he's already got his own suit. <laughs> the smart thing to do is to bring him back. Right. You got a multiverse. I, you I got a multiverse really of madness. About that. We didn't know the madness was going to be how angry the audience was though. What, what if, else is going on? What if Wait, like oh, through the multiverse? <laughs> I thought of, that was a pretty good slide out of what, there. What if like through the multiverse of madness or like different versions of time or something like that, they're able to pull through a different version of Killmonger who is not a bad guy, and then he becomes Black Panther. You made me hate my own idea. <laughs> but it's probably for the best. <laughs> Disney's soul is going directly to uh, streaming, as we know. Yes. Uh, and it has really pissed off, uh, I'm sure, American cinemas, but maybe they're too busy looking for change in the couch cushions to say anything. But uh, European groups uh, and film organizations are very well, upset by they're, this. They're, they're not getting it at all. Yeah. They're, not, they're not doing something... Is well, there with, with international movie. distribution for Disney Plus for Soul? I guess the theater companies wouldn't care. The point is that theater companies in Europe are really looking forward to a Pixar movie to up their returns. Yeah. And now they're not getting it now. No, they're not. And, and I mean, if I worked on this film, I might be a little upset, too. Not just the movie theater owners, but... Um, uh, apparently, it's not even getting a similar treatment as Mulan, where you have to join at a premium price. Good. <laughs> that was theft. Yeah. That was theft from well, your customer. Uh, okay, all right. But, like, I, I almost feel like it's kind of like a diss on the film a little bit. Like, like maybe they're saying they, they don't have as much faith in it bringing it in or maybe I don't think that that's it. maybe it's just that they realized that was not a good idea it's not going to sell in china that was the problem with milan is yeah. that they needed to yeah. wait as long as they could to try to open the chinese market and get it out there um and then it tanked yeah and so maybe they'll stop trying to pander to chinese audiences and just make movies with chinese voices instead of like white yeah. people trying to make a chinese movie yeah Soapbox off. Mm. Uh, here's something that we hear. Here's a chance for you to get on your soapbox. Mm. So we've had this Mad Max spinoff in the works for a while. Yeah. Um, George Miller is, wasn't involved, then he was, then he wasn't, then he, uh-huh. now, he, now he is. Now he is. Although Charlize Theron won't be involved because it's a prequel, because that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And we've heard now that Anya Taylor-Joy will be taking the title role in the Furiosa spinoff. She'll be joined by Chris Hemsworth, because that guy is just everywhere. Yep. Here's the real secret. There's like six Hemsworth brothers, but like three of them are, tri- are triplets, right? <sighs> I, I don't How does this know guy the do so much stuff? Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings about this. I'm going to give you a chance to, to snatch your wig. Literally. Well, 
I mean, well, but she won't have one for this one. She'll just have a shaved head because she's furious. I want her to wear the Queen's Gambit wig. Yeah, I fucking hate that wig. Excuse she's my not gonna, Look, she's not going to be like a little, little smaller version of Furiosa, you know, with one arm and like uh, eyes that are uh, very far apart, eyes that are in different uh, area codes. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know, she'll she'll be. That's mean. She'll be a different. She, she'll be hardened by your experiences. She'll start off as like, oh, I'm just a little apocalypse girl. I don't know. And then like, and like sure. oh, now this is how we'll see how she loses her arm. Prequels are so stupid. I hate um, prequels so I'm, much. I'm not necessarily a fan of prequels either. I do feel kind of bad for Charlize. Like, oh, she's rolling in dough. She's fine. I she's, guess she's, she's fine. She's rolling here, in scripts. She's not going to pick up. Or, well, or, uh, I guess. Take. Um, the the thing about Anya Taylor Joy is I really want to like her, and like I think she was fabulous in the Vivitch. Um, and um, but I'm trying to. And I don't think she's a bad actress. I just don't know that. I really didn't enjoy Emma, and and I and I and I don't know. Like, uh, I haven't seen New Mutants yet. I, I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about her as an actress, and I I'm, I, I I think that she's the teen. Well, she. I think she's I don't the. No, she's young. She's the early twenties female version of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, she's maybe. clearly just going to be in everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's. Because she's quote unquote hot, or because you know her representation is you know pushing her, or she'll take any offer <laughs> and not worry about uh, the price or whatever. I, I don't know how it works, but she's clearly in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have a problem with her. I thought that she was fine, and I, I don't. I haven't seen those split movies or whatever. No, but I don't know that people made a lot of money. People saw her in those. Um, I thought she was fine in Emma. I just thought Emma, the movie, had a lot well, of problems. Well, okay. The movie had a lot of problems. Maybe it wasn't really her fault. Um I blame it on her. <laughs> well, I, I just, I just, I'm not exactly sure what to expect. Um, and, you know, I haven't, uh, I, I, um, whoa, whoa. I, uh, uh, I just I, I don't know what to expect and I, I don't like Charlize maybe she wasn't like a huge like action star you know from the get go but she has kind Atomic of Atomic Blonde yeah. that came after I said from the from the get go but she Eon has be- Flux gotcha done I wasn't <laughs> finished but she kind of has kind of started to focus on that with her career and has gotten more roles that way and I don't know maybe maybe she's just exploring and she's trying to do other things um I think she can definitely be fierce and stuff like that so I don't know I'm just I I wish I was more excited about this because I really like Fury Road like a lot but I don't know I'm just kind of that's kind of how I feel about it Instead of like, I know that we can't prod him to do anything and, you know, this Fury Road came out 20, 25, 30, whatever years after the last Mad Max movie. Yeah. Can't we just push George Miller to just do another? George Miller got to live his whole life before he makes a new Mad Max movie. Kind of feels like Isn't Tom Hardy like... Yeah, I know, right? Probably had a good time making a movie. Yeah, I know. Uh, and now he's out. So by the time George Miller will almost definitely pass away before another uh, Mad Max movie comes out, and we'll definitely have a new Mad Max then. And so I just, why are we doing this break roll? Just, just do another Mad Max movie. I know. If you like, make it all about girls again if you want. I don't care. I don't care either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a movie that's about one girl in particular. <laughs> this is this doesn't work at all. Um, uh. Do you remember Nicole Kidman's uh, starring role in The Others? 
Um, yes, I don't think I ever the saw others, it. The others, a period a gothic horror film coming out in the wake of The Sixth Sense, mm. uh, featuring a woman and her children who move into a spooky house in Victorian England. Actually, I think it's around World War I. Um, so maybe Edwardian England. And um, things are not what they seem. Is it worth seeing? Mm. No? Okay. It's not. Not great. It's one of those movies that, like... It's in the post Shyamalan like wave, so it's like just build up mood for ninety minutes and then drop the twist on them, and the twist better be worth it. And the twist yeah. is okay, but it's a lot of build <laughs> up to it. I don't think it's really mm-hmm. worth it. Uh, a little bit roll from Chris Eccleston in it, though. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know. Throw it on some afternoon. Okay, some rainy some spooky afternoon. Afternoon, yeah. yeah. But they're gonna remake it. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, do we have a cast yet? Or No. Oh. I guess this is a dumb story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kidman well, will produce. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Not necessarily. If it wasn't that great of a production, maybe the, the remake will be better. I suppose. You know? You have to have an eye, eye for detail. Mm-hmm. Unlike the creators of the Monster Hunter movie, which have already disappointed fans mm. by it looking nothing like Monster Hunter. And then yes. I, this is this is great. This is a real nerd shit here. But in the poster for the film, mm-hmm. we see Mia Jojovich yeah. with two swords that are on fire. Yeah. Um, elemental weapons are a big part of the game. Sure. And then behind her, a giant monster. I don't know. It's in the movie. I don't know what it's called, but sure. it is a monster from the games, I guess. Yeah. And fans started to point out, um, that's not a fire type monster. So those weapons would be very ineffective. <laughs> Um, excuse nice me. job, nerds. Excuse me. <laughs> Scooby snack for you. Uh, so anyway, and it's funny because you know she has been doing these video game movies so for so long. Yeah, she was doing them when nobody cared about getting things movie accurate. Yeah, and she's right, right, done right. them through the the shift and change in opinion to trying to get them accurate. But she hasn't changed. She hasn't changed one bit. Well, she... and so it's like, hey. We're making a movie. It's called whatever you, you know, whatever you like. So shut up. Well, I mean, like, it's not up to her if it's movie accurate or not. You know, she doesn't, she's not sitting there, like, combing through the game and being like, wait, you guys have to do it like this. Um, She could be. I mean, it's directed by her husband. So I think she has a lot of pull. Okay. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe. But he doesn't care Mm -hmm. because he's from the old school of... It's just an action script, and we put, you know, whatever the name is. I just on it. don't understand why why I decide to do this and if to it'll get absolutely fans disappoint in. your fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know, but that's that is the old way. We don't do that. This is not the way. We don't do that anymore. No, this is not the way. But they are. Um, what else? One more movie story. Um, it turns out that Christina Hodson, who is, um, what was she? She direct? I don't know who that is. Or wrote. Anyway, she's a producing partner of Margot Robbie, but she was involved okay. in some of her films, Harley Quinn, something or other. I'm not going to look it up. Okay. Um, they created a, um, you know, chicks doing it for themselves, uh, movie production, uh, production company, ho- company sure. yeah, house. And um, every single one of their initial uh, pitches or movies has sold. They've sold five, wow. five action pictures. <laughs> okay. So uh, a victory for women in Hollywood. That's good. A loss for people who want action movies that make any sense or are really all that good. Maybe they'll get better question mark. 
I don't think you get better by doing. Well, I've, clearly that's not true. But we, we were talking off mic before about how, I don't know what it was. I was saying that I should be on Screen Junkies, even though I don't really want to be on Screen Junkies. But the idea that, you know, if you could get out of, you could be a big nerd, you could get out of college with a communications degree at 22 and mm-hmm. start interning at Screen Junkies and then be on camera in, you know, a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then now you're like the expert, quote unquote, on stuff. Well, I've got almost double that amount of life. And I've just been, I've been subsuming myself in so much movie stuff to the point where I probably missed my chance to become like on camera talent for one of these things because now a new generation has come out and I've had to go back and learn. We're going to watch Scoop. We're talking about Scooby Doo today. Yeah. I had to go back and learn the previous generation stuff. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you're just like an, a graying guy who's talking about nerd stuff and you don't know the new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know the territory. Mm-hmm. And the point of me saying all that was to say that uh, you can practice forever, but you got to get on the field at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get on the field, you're not learning the new tricks. You're not practicing anymore. You're just using the tricks that you have. Yes. So what I'm saying is the stunt coordinator (laughs) behind Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie who's got a thing and she's in the five boroughs of New York City. Yeah. Bloodhaven. Uh, Eos, uh, Tangletown. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. Chippewa Falls. Uh, and Ames, Iowa. Uh, well, okay. I, I don't. I I think if you just look at Zack Snyder, right? Guy loves movies. He loves them so much. Mm-hmm. He was given millions of dollars almost the first time out, uh, and he just keeps making. He keeps using the I same know. tricks. He literally uses the same needle learn. drops. He's learned nothing. Mm-hmm. So why would Margot Robbie or Christina Hudson or anybody that they work with learn anything from just being given everything? Yeah. That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, maybe they won't. <laughs> well, that was kind of a me thing. Mm-hmm. I had a bone to pick there, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about TV. Okay. Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> streaming on Netflix. Did not try at all. Ron Howard's Oscar contender film starring Amy Adams and Glenn Close. And they both look like shit. That's mm-hmm. how you know they're going for it. Mm-hmm. I've spoken before. Uh, we're going to go right from one rant of mine to another rant of mine. Wait, is it I gotta streaming plan these out on better. Netflix? Yes, Netflix oh. can win Oscars now. Um, I thought it wasn't out on Netflix yet. It's not out yet, but it will oh. be before December. Oh, okay. And it will definitely clean up because there's nothing else. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Hmm. I've talked before about the sort of misery-laden films that have become popular Probably were before, but definitely in the last 15 to 20 years. Um, August Osage County, Ain't, ain't Them Bodies Saints, uh, whatever you want. Uh, and I call this genre redneck punk mm-hmm. because it is simply about people in uh, um, the devil all the time. It's about yep. uneducated, dumb Southerners usually. And I'm not doing that. No. These filmmakers are, are doing that. They yeah. are playing off these stereotypes to make these films. And the point of them is like... Boy, this is kind of dude's is kind of weird. When you think about it, Gone with the Wind was really the first. <laughs> no, that's not true. Because no, were... <laughs> they were rich. <laughs> yes, they were uh, the antebellum South. Yeah. But they lost all their wealth by the second half of the film. And so we but come back Rhett. and it's all terrible. Well, whatever. Yeah. The point is, I'm sick of it. It seems like an excuse for everybody to act dopey like a goon. Yep. You could you could set look. 
most action films are filmed in Atlanta. You can set a movie in the South and people can be good looking and their hair can smell nice and they can have really nice jobs and it doesn't, mm-hmm. but they keep making these like period, like it's like, it's like a bad version of Faulkner. They're just doing this over and over again. Yeah. And even Faulkner and all his tales of Yokopanapadawata County, which is one of the five, but no, we're not going to do it again. Um, <laughs> It has, you know, people of different social status. But it's always just like, oh, this, you got the crazy religious guy who's whipping himself. Yeah, and you got right. the lady who's got 12 children and she's so tired. And mm-hmm. you got the. And my, my point is, is that if I hadn't come up with redneck punk, hillbilly elegy would have been a great equivalent term. Yeah. So you didn't even, that's a pitch. That's not a title. No, it's not a title. Redneck. You didn't even try. Hillbilly. Synonyms. Yeah. Punk type of music, elegy type of music. Yeah. So what's the title of this show? I'll do I'll come up with a third one. I'll come uh, up with a third one. Hayseed Rock. We've got it. Anyway, whoa. moving on to the next story. Yeah. Speaking of things that shouldn't be on TV, Dexter's coming back with a limited series. Why? I know. <laughs> Does anybody want this? I mean, just let it go. That's what I well, the funny thing is, is we're all, because of the pandemic, we yes. are, we're, we're sort of, uh, somebody explained it to me. I read an article. I, I don't remember what it said. So this is not a very good thing for me to say. <laughs> but the reason that we're dipping back into a lot of these things is because somehow it's easier to produce these things while a quarantine is on. I'm not sure how that works exactly, but that's why well, you're seeing a lot of revivals of things. Why you're seeing, no, 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 it'll be on uh, Showtime. Okay. But for some reason, it is advantageous to them in these in these times now more than ever to redo these things. And so they talked to the show, uh, Clyde Phillips, the showrunner, and he was talking about how like, yeah, we want another chance of that ending, and this would be a good opportunity. It's like, dude, you had you your had chance. Your there chance. is no second chances. No. Why do Francis Ford Coppola is going to redo The Godfather three? It's like you did The Godfather already. It's one thing to redo the Cotton Club because the studio made him cut out all the black people dancing. Uh So that's fine. Uh But like, you did Godfather 3 already. It happened. Yeah. Do you have any bones to pick? I've got, all the bones are mine. I got a plate full of bones. Um, I just, I'm sick and tired of seeing. Want me to cue you up? Um, I don't know. Apparently Tatiana Maslany is not playing She-Hulk. Go. What? Are you freaking kidding me? Why? So this is amazing because she is Canadian. What? She's Canadian. Yes. And I don't know if she lives in Sudbury, but this little small town rag called the Sudbury Star was interviewing her about, I don't know if it was a connection with something else she's doing. Probably was. Maybe she's, I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. But it's like this little, it, the city pages, our local community paper yeah. has a higher circulation than the Sudbury Star. And so the Sudbury Star broke this gigantic story wide open when they asked her about, you know, her accomplishments and all this. And then she's like, and what about She-Hulk? That's really great. I can't wait to see you in that. You know, total like Fox Kids like news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Fox Kids, right? What do we used to make fun of? I don't, Fox I can't Kids is, is fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nickelodeon kids? Maybe Nickelodeon. Nick kids. Nick it was Nick kids. kids. Yeah. Ooh, that's an old bit. Yeah. Total Nick kids question from yeah. like a, just probably a young, you know, cubby reporter. And she's like, yeah, um, I'm not actually doing that. I don't know who came out with that story or how these things build, but it's not, it's not a thing. What? So I don't know if there was an offer and it was too low. And so the move is you go, <gasps> I don't know her or what, but apparently it's not happening. I am so disappointed. Allison Brie fans. 
Bridget, get your hashtags ready. I'm so bummed. <laughs> you just deflated me. Yeah, but you're supposed to rant, though. I didn't feel like ranting about this. Oh. I was going to rant about something <laughs> else. Content. Okay. But do, 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 I just, do, do I'm your just, rant. I'm just so bummed. I, I don't want this no, to be we true. Her other rant, too. Great. Well, we'll see. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of people who are happy or were happy about um, her doing it. So yes. maybe, I don't know, maybe popular opinion will sway Marvel to get this done. Here's something else. Huh. We're talking about Sarah Michelle Geller in a little bit. Yeah. You know that they are doing a uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer TV series I heard on about Amazon. That. Yeah. Is she going to be a part of that at all? I don't know. And I what uh-huh. I didn't know was that it was based on a 1973 novel. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. No. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But it will be written by Sarah Goodman, who was uh, one of the writers on the Little Watched but Highly Praised Preacher series. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll be doing a Amazon Studios show, uh, YA focused kind of thing. Now, is this? I guess it's is it YA? Huh? Would you call it YA? I don't know. It's about teens. It's I about don't... the Gordon's fisherman finally having enough of these kids. He's gonna <laughs> take them out. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know if you would call it YA. I mean, I I haven't read the book. I don't know if it was geared towards teens. It's about teens. So actually, the seventies was was like the kind of birth of YA, wasn't it? I mean, The Hobbit, whatever. But like, that's Maybe. when like, you know, um, a tree grows in Brooklyn and the, the red fern grows mm. and uh, Go Ask Alice and all these uh, books that were aimed at like adolescence was, were, were coming out. Okay, sure. I don't um, know if that's right I, or not. I, uh, Okay. <laughs> it sounded good. Hey, they don't talk about books on Screen Junkies. <laughs> I can't wait to, to move to Screen Junkies and leave this crap behind. Wow. Good luck um, replacing me. <laughs> it'll it'll just be Mika doing the news by herself. It'll be very sad um, and not nearly as entertaining. Uh, Don't sell yourself short. Uh huh. Um, Play a lot of sound effects. You'll be okay. <laughs> Whackety schmackety do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think this is a terrible idea. Um, how are you gonna? The whole point of this is there are four kids who killed the Gordon's fishermen one summer and the next summer they're gonna they did a sequel to this didn't they uh, I, yeah I actually never saw the original movie um, oh so. you're not missing anything yeah okay and so there's four teens right mm-hmm. and they're all gonna get killed one by one until we sure. get down to Jennifer Love Hewitt mm-hmm. and uh, or maybe her boyfriend survives I can't remember but I know that Sarah Michelle Keller and Ryan Phillippe both get it mm-hmm and so what do you do? Like, do you kill somebody at the end of every episode? Like, how do you stretch that out over six That's to eight episodes? That's what I want to know. And I think when we were talking about this off air, you were saying, like, how do you make the drama last? And, like, you can't kill off, like, major characters all the time. No, no, no. Nobody's going to sign up for a TV show so they can get killed off in the first or second episode. No. Who would do that? That's stupid. Well, Barb would do that, I guess. Uh-huh. Got him. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, this, this is the last. Well, I want to say real fast. Uh, Netflix ended its free trials in the U.S. because they realized that there was no not a soul on the planet that didn't have a Netflix account. So probably a good move. Here's a, here's a strange move. Disney is reorganizing their output to focus on streaming and direct-to-consumer services. What does that even mean? Like... We're going to see more stuff on Disney Plus. What does that mean? I don't understand what that means. I think it that's what it means. Okay. Yes. I don't All think right. they're going to do 
Well, they might do less movies. I don't know. Yeah, right. But I think that it seems like because of their reaction to COVID is to focus on um, acquiring more uh, content to mm-hmm. deliver through streaming services mm-hmm. and also doing smaller scale productions mm-hmm. to turn around faster and get to streaming services. Interesting. It's like, okay, great. Can we get any of these Marvel shows yeah, <laughs> that you right. promised years ago? Right. I know. Um I think it's really hard right now with COVID. I know that there are a lot of productions. Well, maybe not a lot. I know there are some productions that have gone back to work, but I think it's very hard to do it. I Not not reported on the news. All of the stories I get about such and such a show stops because somebody tests positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It seems like a bad model. Yes. Um, Let's I've all been... go back to work. Yeah. 300 people. One person goes to chew. We're all shut down. Pretty much. Like, I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago how the new uh, Batman movie had to stop production because supposedly... Back in production. It's back in production now, but supposedly Robert Pattinson um, tested positive for COVID. So, can't really move forward when your star is sick with COVID. So, and yeah. Anyways, I I just... Remember that, uh, was it Vanity Fair? Remember that article where they were interviewing him? Hmm. And he was locked in like a rented penthouse in like in what? Manhattan. No, because he was on hold for uh, the Batman probably. But it was also like in early, late spring, early summer, like the height of COVID. So the Vanity Fair reporter, I'm assuming it's Vanity Fair, um, had to do it all by Skype. But they don't just do. It's not like a well, it's great. Thanks for joining us. And like the, their interviews are the course of days. You know, they send the reporter out and they spend like the weekend with them, but they sure, couldn't do right, that. Right. So instead they were like on Skype for like 12 hours. Oh my gosh. And Pattinson was just like going nuts, like inside the apartment. He was, he, he came up with this thing where he was like, I want to do like a, a, a food business. I'm going to start a, a, a pasta snack business where you cook pasta, you know, and it's like a little pasta cone and you could fill it with whatever <laughs> toppings you want. Sure. And says, let me show you. I'm going to cook it. And then you put it like in tinfoil and then you put the tinfoil in the microwave. And of course, the microwave oh exploded. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> just like, all right, buddy. No, Robert Pat, Don't put tinfoil in the microwave. The second you walk, you're, you're, a, you're a safe guy. Very conscientious. I'm sure the second you walk out of this apartment, you won't immediately get COVID. Okay, just as he doesn't know that you can't put tinfoil on the microwave doesn't mean that he's, like, going to immediately get COVID. I don't know his background, and I know that he got a fairly early start. He was, of course, yeah. Cedric Diggory in the Harry Potter films. Yes. But is he one of these people who, like Sarah Michelle Gellar, hmm. who we're going to talk about, and spoiler alert, I, I respect her quite a bit. Yeah. I think she's done a lot of good work, but she has been a actress since she was a very small tyke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you have to imagine, it's kind of a stereotype, but it's also true that these people can probably barely feed themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They've been Mm -hmm. brought meals on set for 16 to 20 hour days their entire life. Yeah. And so when they aren't working, can they function? (laughs) It's not, I, it sounds, I'm not trying to denigrate anybody. It's just a reality. And it seems like Robert Pattinson might be that kind of person. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Very like work oriented and that maybe not necessarily. He's down to earth guy. Super down to earth though. Yeah. Oh man. Have you heard? (laughs) The same person cuts his hair. His his brother, his brother cuts his hair. All right. All right. Um, I, I am a fan of Robert Pat, but I could I guess I could see um, that being true. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, when you spend like most of your waking hours working, 
And, plus, and like you start at such a young age. It's not like he tongue kissed, you know, like a random person on the street. Like he's no. got somebody, he's got five people to do the hair. He's got three yeah, people right, to put right, the right. mascara on for the yeah. bat mask or whatever. Yeah. Then he's got all the stuntmen and all the extras. And I don't know, maybe Jeffrey Wright was out too late last night. You know, we, we don't know where it came from. No, we don't. And we never will, no. but seems unsafe. Yeah. Yep. Seems spooky. It does seem spooky. The Batman is, is... Where's the Halloween Batman movie? Well, the long Halloween. The long Halloween. But they never made a movie of it. No, they? but apparently this movie will have a lot of those elements. And yeah, it's that thing where you just too. chop up, you know, like the Batman... Uh, not Batman. Um, the, the Daredevil show, mm-hmm. you know, because they had to have to build tension, they kill off Ben Urich. And it's like, you killed Ben Urich. So you gave, you gave <sighs> away know. Born Again. You gave away like all the things that he could have been a part of. Oh no no no! It's fine. Deborah Wall's gonna be a a, 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 a Lois Lane reporter. It's like, yeah. First of all, I don't really want that. But second of all, you just. I was so mad they killed Ben Urich. I was so you, mad. You took the puzzle was finished. Then you took the puzzle and you went and you messed all the the pieces up. Mm-hmm. And then you just picked random pieces and you put it in your show. Yeah. And when you much. mess a puzzle up, it sounds like this. Ah. <laughs> I'm just realizing something now. Yeah. The 2000s sucked. They sucked really bad, didn't they? Yeah. I was not, not great. recovering memories as I was watching Uh-oh. these Traumatic movies. Traumatic memories? Yes. These movies are so, so of their time. And I'm not just referring to the uh, Sugar Ray cameo in this film. They're just very much of their time. And you can only do so much... With, when you are, you know, firmly latched onto the teat of uh, corporate sponsorship and like Sugar Ray cameos, you can only yeah. be so subversive. Yeah. And I think somehow, I don't know, I don't like it as much as others, but somehow Josie and the Pussycats managed to skate that line fairly well. Another film I, starring Seth Green. I love uh, Josie and the Pussycats. He has a very soft But they spot did in it by literally that. making the point of the film, the plot about trying to escape corporate sponsorship. Yeah, that's true. And that that film actually came out before these films did. Yeah, yeah. So, slightly like, before. Slightly before. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the possibly ill-advised Scooby-Doo films. Yes. Of which there were two. Yeah. Having watched them. Mm-hmm. And another spoiler, not hating them. Yeah. I don't know why there wasn't a ton of these. Except for the fact that, you know, at some point, the Freddie Prinze... Junior Sharon Stone Geller uh, tab is going to start running up. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, they literally actually they met on. I know what you did last summer. Uh-huh. Um, but they were like a couple through this. This yeah. could have been like their their little project that they do. You know yeah, sure. I mean? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do another Scooby movie. Yeah. yeah. The first one made uh, almost $300 million off wow. of uh, an $84 million budget. That's insane. Not sure how we got up to that. Uh, and, the, <laughs> and the second one uh, was not quite as successful, but made um, made about half that. Okay. Still a lot of money, but yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. the studio goes. Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe not a third one. Yeah. Um, so I will say, you know, I, I, I grew up uh, watching Scooby-Doo. I am a Scooby-Doo fan, um, but like... Not, like, necessarily, like, a hardcore fan. Like, not like, oh, I wake and sleep and eat 
uh, Scooby-Doo or anything. But I think that um, I'm, I'm going to say a couple things overall about these films. I think that yeah, they... Let's just give it all up. Right well, not, not, <laughs> not all up, but um, I think that they um, were well cast. Um, and I think that um, the um, leads did a really good job of taking um where 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 you know applicable taking the idiosyncrasies or way of talking from the cartoons and applying it to their characters i think they did a good job of that I well mean, they did it so well that when they did the uh, monsters unleashed show in uh, 2010 mm-hmm. uh, matthew lillard and i think linda cardellini came along for the ride that's cool that's really cool um, I think that they did a, a, a very good job. And then also whoever was the, the voice actor behind Scooby-Doo. I don't know if it's the same uh, Frank Welker. Frank Welker. Okay. Yep. Same same from the original or? Uh, no, no. I think, didn't Casey Kasem do the did he? Scooby-Doo as Maybe well as Shaggy? Maybe he did. Maybe yeah. not. Um, but, He's been voiced by probably 100 people now at Yeah, this point. well, but they, Frank, they, but they did a good job. Famous voice actor and animal voice actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always call Frank Welker when they need like a... I'm a cat that can talk or, yeah, or whatever. Right. But yeah, he was in this. He also, for like a hot minute, did um, Tasmanian Devil in the Looney Tunes, which I think is why they had that cameo of Tasmanian Devil in the uh, second one. Okay. Interesting. Uh, let's talk. These movies are directed by Raja Gosnell. Nothing. There's nothing that oh, you okay. would really know that he's done. I mean, you know these movies, but nothing that you care about. Uh, he did the third Home Alone movie, Never oh. Been Kissed, Big Mama's House, and then the Smurfs, Smurfs 2. So he's definitely working, succeeding, getting it done, but it's all this like corporate kitty stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would put I wouldn't ne- say these Never are, Been Kissed in there, but yeah. I wouldn't say these are poorly directed, but no. there's nothing really particularly special about them. Um, no. And of course, they are both written by James Gunn. Yeah. And some other guy too, right? James Gunn. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, which is one reason why uh, we decided to check this out besides it being spooky Halloween. No? No, not, not oh, me. Oh, okay. I thought that was If you want to talk about James Gunn and his development as a, as a writer, sure. Okay. I don't really care. Oh, all right. I thought, never mind. Anyways. The first thing I want to say, and they were both filmed in Australia. At least the first one was. Oh, okay. Interesting. I mean, the first one is it's it takes place on an island somewhere that you get kind of the idea that it's kind of tropical. So I mean, yeah, I and there's a scene sense. where it's like, oh, this is Death Valley, but it's clearly like the the outback when mm-hmm. they uh, ditch Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Um, th- let's address the big fake dog in the room. Mm. This was a rough time for CGI. I think used well and sparingly, it really works. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually kind of predates or maybe races it to the multiplex um, Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Fully CGI characters were not really a thing other than Casper at this point. Sure. Yeah. And so I don't think that, at least in the first film, Scooby-Doo doesn't work at all. <laughs> it looks terrible. Oh, okay. It didn't really bother me that much. And I think my... they improved it a little bit for the second one. But I'll give Matthew Lillard some props here. He makes Scooby work. When you think about it. Yeah, he works opposite Scooby all the time. They're a team. Yeah. And so all of his scenes are with a fake dog. Yeah. And he totally makes it work Mm -hmm. and makes him believable. But like the sort of flat, evenly lit Scooby-Doo 
yeah, I graphic, suppose. you know, and, and they're in caves and tunnels and old castles no, and stuff like that. No, that's a good point. It it's not like really... the, the lighting or shading changes that And much. there's a weird thing when everybody <laughs> loses their souls. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. That's That wasn't the end. Uh, in the first one where they, Shaggy has to get all their souls back and their souls are these little heads. But instead yeah. of just doing an optical effect where you just film Freddie Pinch Jr. going, get me out of here. And then you, just, you know, make it slightly transparent. They decided to do like a weird, fully CGI PS3 tech demo level yeah. of graphics. Very so maybe that's what happens based. when you, maybe your all of our souls are just like, you know, 64-bit or 128-bit <laughs> like heads. But uh, and I, I think they did that because eventually Scooby-Doo has a soul mm. and he's already a computer. So maybe they wanted to like make it consistent visually. Right. But I just I felt like that didn't work. Yeah, not not so much. <sighs> what happens in the first movie? Um, yeah. So, um, do you want me to do a breakdown of the I first? I want you to do then... it fast. Oh, okay. Um, so the very beginning of the film. Uh, no, mis- that's not it. <laughs> Mystery Inc. breaks. Yeah, I'll up. do the first one, and then you, you listen to my mind, and you do the second one. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mystery Incorporated is our heroes. The 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 mystery team. Uh, they're solving crimes, right? And they uh, they solve a crime, but their egos get the best of them. They all break up. Two years later, they're all invited to Spooky Island, which is yeah. absolutely not a trap. Right. They go to Spooky Island. Turns out that Rowan Atkinson is a millionaire who has built Spooky Island as a theme park. Mm-hmm. It's right up their alley. But he's got a problem. Kids come in wild teenagers with that like uh, puka shell necklaces and that thing where it's like a bunch of little spikes it's like yeah. the pike the punk thing yeah uh reimagined for the uh white californian teenager mm-hmm. and uh he tells them kids come in wild and they come out you know mild yeah and i don't know what's going on right uh hijinks ensue <laughs> it turns out that should we spoil? Yeah, almost everybody knows what happens. Hi, Jinx and Sue. It turns out that Scrappy-Doo, who was kicked out of the team years ago for being Scrappy-Doo, mm-hmm. uh, has orchestrated this whole thing where he's taken over this Rowan Atkinson's life. Rowan Atkinson is locked in a in a chamber. Yeah. Okay, don't copy me because I'm finding out there's a lot of plot in this movie. And uh, he, he has a plan to steal teenagers' souls. That's why they're becoming too sedate and mild and control them. Also, yeah. with this power, he is able to tap into the spirit world and like make demons and, and creatures manifest, which are possessing these kids. Mm-hmm. And he's going to somehow... We don't know. Rule the world in combination yeah. with the zombie kids and also his new gigantic monstrous body, which is powered by the souls of these teenagers. Yeah, it's real puppy power. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hate Scrappy Doo? I don't know that hate is the right word. I don't hate him. I think, I think a lot of people find him annoying i guess myself kind of included like for if for whatever reason i don't remember i don't know <clears throat> exactly in the timeline of scooby-doo where they tell you. invented this character 80s okay I, but i grew up watching the reruns of scooby-doo which was on in the 70s mm-hmm. a little before my time but i grew up watching him in, in yeah. rotation and syndication and then you know this whole wave of like let's Let's milk this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's milk this dog. Uh, happened in the eighties, and you had um, the Scooby Doo, Scrappy Doo Hour, Puppy Power, and um, the Adventures of Young Puppy Scooby Doo, Scooby Puppy, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so they started to like, you know, milk that, and they invented Scrappy Doo. 
Yeah. So Scrappy-Doo is really like, I guess it's sort of like my era of Scooby-Doo, although mm-hmm. I did watch the old ones. Yeah, I watched I the old ones too. I have a problem with him necessarily, but no. geez, this movie goes hard on Scrappy-Doo. I think they're going off of the assumption that some people find him annoying. Well, on our Twitter poll that I put up on our Twitter page, oh. I put, apropos of nothing, Scrappy-Doo, yes or no? <laughs> and yes, one. So assuming that oh, they, okay. people could interpret that yes meant <laughs> thumbs up for Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, people are down with Scrappy-Doo. I don't know, man. Um, so why do people like this movie that throws Scrappy under the bus? I don't know. Good question. Um, and it's not like the gang is like, oh, he's just misunderstood at the end either. Like he gets taken away in a doggy kennel with the other bad guys and we don't know what happens to him. Well, they <laughs> they do. Look. It's one thing if Buddy wants to get in Mr. Impossible's way uh, or Incredible's way. And mm-hmm. he's like, look, Buddy, I'm trying to save the world here. You need to go away. And then he grows up to be Jason Lee. Right. In addition to uh, having a Scientology retreat on his hollowed out volcano island, wow. he also wants to uh, give superpowers to everybody. Wait a minute. Who was the good guy in that movie? Yeah, I know, right? They literally throw scrappy do out of their van in the middle of it. It's, it's, this is sort it's kind of like the gang acts... We've updated their personalities because, of mm. course, they are all uh, idiosyncratic, but they're all like good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're all um, um, uh, ben- beneficent, beneficial. Uh, A word meaning yes. good yeah, in the yeah, original yeah, yeah, cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this, they're all like vain and like <laughs> and self-centered. Yeah. And also, they th- they strand Scrappy Doo in the middle of Death Valley, and they're all okay with that. <laughs> yeah, to die. Essentially, yeah. do people act differently in? Do cartoons act differently in movies? It's like how the uh, Teen Titans gang uh, run over. Uh, <laughs> they do a hit and run with the singing tiger, and they're like, "I know, let's get out of here." His dad's a cop. I know. It's like wow, <laughs> wow, guys. I don't know. I don't think that they really act differently. They just they they made it had a choice. They made a choice. Um, I. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I like some of the changes they made with the characters like um, Velma. Like she's obviously she's smart and she's totally comfortable with being the quote unquote smart one. But she wants to be feel like she's more a part of the team. Um, and I, I think that's a good addition. I also like especially in the first film that Daphne is upset that she's often the damsel in distress. And so during their two year break, she goes and she gets a black belt. She goes and she stars on a WB series where she does karate all the time. Right. Right. Um, Well, I mean, if you're going to cast Sarah Michelle Gellar, who, you know, is she, I, I I haven't, I've seen like two episodes of Buffy. Is she like a convincing Kung Fu person? I don't know. I haven't really watched Buffy that much either. They they get a lot of uh, mileage out of that. They do. This is right up the alley though of the, because this is, you know, what was happening in the aughts. We were taking properties like Josie and the Pussycats, Scooby-Doo, cartoons, Mm -hmm. and doing the early aughts send-up movie. Yeah. So you take the Brady Bunch, Mm -hmm. and the, the gag is, is that it's modern times, it's the late 90s, but for some reason they're in stuck in the in the, the mid seventies. Oh, seventies, yeah. Uh, and they don't quite do that with this, except for the fact that they all dress in like the they're 70s from the seventies still. Yeah. But they keep kind of trying to do it. Like there's references where they like, you know, they're at Don Knotts' Christmas party or something like that. Yeah, right. And then all the other kids are like, Woo, what's up, my dog slice? Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're kind of not quite 
getting that, you know, they, they but for some, yeah. but people still love them anyway. Yeah. It, to go full on that, it would be, we'd start off and like Fred's got a gut and they're all like, you know, oh boy, the mystery incorporated team. Yeah, you know, I remember them. And they have to like, we got to jazz this up. We got to right. funkify this. Uh-huh. But they're right. sort of already cruising that. People like their weird retro style for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's never really explained. No, it doesn't. I do like how um, they they all kind of wear their outfits from the cartoon, but then they also do like different versions of <laughs> that. Like pour them up later. <laughs> well, I wasn't. That's not what I like. They all wear um, their costumes, but and this is a, I don't know if this is James Gunn's influence. I would I would understand if it was, but. A lot of like panty and near panty shots in this. Well, you've yeah. got two girls who are wearing early 70s inspired fashion, mm-hmm. which is to say short skirts, but mm-hmm. a lot of them being flying through the air and being thrown around and like a lot of like close calls. And you yeah. didn't have to do that. No. And then in the second movie, they put they all put on pants. So it's fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but there is one good gag in the beginning where uh, Velma gets caught in like a... Um, like foot uh, rope trap yeah and she gets hung upside down and her skirt is just like vertically still i on know her legs. i liked <laughs> that, like, oh, that i noticed yeah. that and i and i appreciated that and then pam anderson shows up because this thing was uh, came out in 2002 yeah i know i was like what why is pam anderson here why does she own a toy factory what do you think about the weed jokes necessary I didn't think they were necessary, <laughs> but maybe fans of the show think that they are because I think that Scooby was that passed Shaggy, for clever in two thousand two. I think. Yeah, well, I think I mean because Scooby and Shaggy obviously that's what the characters were kind of based off of. What do you think right? about Tan Isla Fisher? Everybody's so yeah, tan in this. I know, I they're know. all everybody. Sh- Scooby Shaggy, <laughs> they're all Scooby's a shade darker. <laughs> everybody is just smeared with fake tan in this because two thousands. Yeah, I guess I don't know. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I did enjoy how um, when they're um, riding the bikes around and like she gets hit in the head and like Scooby sees that she's like actually a monster. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, but no, but she's th- just a co- she's a she's a so the thing is is that they possess people and they put monsters in their bodies possessing mm-hmm. them right mm-hmm. but for some reason she's just a monster with a rubber mask on because Isla Fisher shows up later and she's she's just normal I- Isla Fisher no that's right she breathes smoke there's two Isla Fishers right there's one that has a rubber mask on and there's one that's possessed or does your body become a suit for your body becomes a suit for the monster this is very strange i don't like things this. and then when your human soul goes back into it the monster things come out of it and they can die because of sunlight yeah i got all that but yeah. i didn't know why she her face was a weird mask that could be knocked off the the monster's head it's just the way they where's decided her skull to do that right then <laughs> where's I her don't, skull i don't know uh it's a big swing in this movie for them to say that ghosts are real the whole point of scooby-doo yes! Is that they? It's a, some guy on a roller skates and a, and a wire, or and, something like and a that. mask. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for your meddling kids. So if I had to characterize this film with its early two thousands like teen exploitation and right. it's just like general cultural uh, mile marker, it's uh, go surreal. Uh, there's a swing cover of Magic Dance by David Bowie, yeah, and uh, F Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Pretty much, I think that's it in a nutshell. Do you think that kids got too weird to exploit? What? Teen culture has been exploited by corporate entities since teens were invented. Yeah. And I don't feel like we can 
do that 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 much anymore. Sure, you got the Why Travis Scott McDonald's meal, but I don't feel like you have these weird cash ins where it's like, we'll take an old thing, but the kids they don't know what the old thing is. They might have seen a Scooby Doo rerun on Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. and then we'll like put a bunch of like kids with you know um, patchy goatees in there, right. and then they go and like, oh bra, this is cool, mm-hmm. tubular dude. Yeah. Look, it's Sugar Ray playing for fourteen people, which is a situation Sugar Ray's comfortable with. <laughs> I don't feel like we have that so much anymore. Really? I mean, like, does, I don't know, does, um, do the Imagine Dragons show up in the kissing booth? I don't know. I don't know anything about Imagine Dragons besides the fact that they exist. But you know what I'm talking about, though, right? There's a reason that, like, Carson Daly shows up as himself in Josie and the Pussycats is because they're, like, doing it. They're like, hey, kids, you remember this guy from MTV? Look at this. Yeah, right, right, right. I think kids just got too weird to exploit. When I think about the teenagers or or 20-somethings that I know, Mm -hmm. the things that they like are, how do you turn Tumblr slash fic into a reference in a film? (laughs) How do you do it? I don't know. This this could have been a really cool conversation if you'd (laughs) committed to it. I guess I still don't understand what you mean by exploiting kids. I I don't I don't understand. Why is Sugar Ray in this film? Because uh, people recognize them. Right. Why would I can't think of any real examples? No. Why did Elvis Presley do clam bake? We're gonna have a clam bake. Um. Because teens loved Elvis Presley. Yeah. And they would go see a film that he's in. Yeah. Right. Why is why is um why is Adele not in the Vivitch? Why would she be in the Why village? would Sugar Ray be in this movie? I don't know. It's an attempt to, to to summarize teen culture. What's the new trend? Oh, that that punk uh white kid from Southern California haircut, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's put some 41 in this. Yeah. Let's where's 311 at. Mm-hmm. I don't feel I'm not seeing that now. Okay, I haven't really noticed. And I think the reason is like how do you put Panic at the Disco in something, you know? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know. You don't want to talk about it. I it's just, too bad because this is like, really, this is what I wanted to talk about. This is why I wanted to watch these films. That's okay. Uh, Scooby-Doo just, dies don't... in this film and nobody says anything about the dog corpse that they're just carting around. Well, he gets back like like with less than five minutes later. Yeah. All so... those sequences were, were garbage. None of them made any sense. I couldn't tell what was going on at the time. And if you yeah. have an idea of like, there's a plan, but like, I, so, okay, let's just talk about the second movie because I think the second movie is a lot better than the first one. And I think it okay. should have been the first one. Okay. Uh, one last thing, Sarah Michelle Gellar as uh, Daphne gets her own fight scene at the end. For yes. some reason, we've got some wrestler who I don't recognize who's like the big bad guy. Yeah. And they start having a fight and it's just, they're in like a... Industrial setting, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a warehouse or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it slowly becomes or starts to resemble a wrestling ring. Yes, like there's a. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. There's a there's a safety bar that's that you know like a metal bar with another one below it. Yeah, but some that turns into like ropes. Yeah, and I think they should have gone farther. Like there should have been folding chairs up there for some reason. Why the heck not? <laughs> yeah, they should have really. But yeah. what they did with it, I did like. She didn't do the Gap commercial Matrix thing like I expected that she was going to do. I did kind of expect that. But they probably yeah. couldn't afford it. <laughs> do you have they to spent pay? spent $80 million on this movie. Do you have to pay for that move if you want to do it? You have to get 100 cameras. Oh, I see what can, you're saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They you didn't want to pay, pay for, for that many cameras. You need a green, a green studio and right. set and stuff right. like that. Right. Okay. Got it. Uh, so I guess it's my job to summarize what this is. So at the beginning of this film, um, we um, are at a 
museum exhibit in Coolsville, which I guess is where the team is from. And uh, as of 1988, that's where they're from. Okay. I did a little research. Okay. And um, the exhibit consists of costumes of a bunch of bad guys that they've unmasked throughout the years. Um, one of them comes to life and they, they have like this whole new mystery that they have to unravel. There's this new bad guy. Um, and they're trying to figure out, um, what's going on. Um, they, the vulture, which was the costume that came to life, the guy supposedly died and his cellmate, um, was released rather recently. So they go to this, his house and they're trying to figure it out. And there, there's like this old coal mine that's involved and there's, um, chemicals and stuff like that, that apparently animate the suits and make them look like they're real ghosts and everything. Um, and there's a reporter played by Alicia Silverstone who's bad-mouthing them. They don't really like that and making them look bad uh, with the press. This is all the first scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, anyways. I don't... I, I'm I taking was, over. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Jesus Christ, come on. The the gang is this this it focuses on the gang again. They have opened a museum featuring classic foes that were actually on the cartoon, but somebody is out to turn their foes against them. Uh, their foes come to life. It's another situation where it's like I guess ghosts and monsters are actually real, and the team has a crisis of conscience where they have to all uh, reassert their um, their places on the team. And Tim Blake Nelson and Peter Boyle are in it for some reason. Mm-hmm. The end. There there is no real plot. The other one has too much plot. This one barely has any, and I think it's better. And I want to correct myself. Neil Fanning is the voice of Scooby-Doo. Frank Welker is just does random animal noises, which, again, that's that's what he does. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know Neil Fanning. He's an Australian actor. They're shooting in Australia. Apparently, it's not that tough to do Scooby-Doo. Apparently. I'm a cultural icon. Yeah, right. Um, I think this movie should have been the first movie mm-hmm. because – you start the you start the first movie. They're famous. I have no idea why they're famous. I think we're taking like the cartoons and saying that that's all factual, and we know. I guess, all of that. but it, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me because mm-hmm. they also go to an island where they spend time with ostensibly their fans, and nobody knows who they are. Yeah, right. you know, and and Scooby or Shaggy meets. Mary Jane, and she doesn't know that he's Shaggy. That his stardom has nothing to do with. No, it. you're right. Whereas in this film, you could. They also start off being stars. There's a museum, but it attacks their legacy. Alicia Silverstone, as the investigative reporter, is trying to, you know, scoop them and is trying to yellow sheet journalism them and prove that they're not that great. Mm -hmm. And so they all have personal crises of conscience. They all sort of reaffirm their roles and what they do is important. Shaggy and Scooby want to be detectives, but they realize that's not what we do. We're the we're the X factor here. We come in and mess things up and and shake it up. And so they all regain their confidence. They're um their reputation is sort of restored and people are are now doubly excited about them. Second movie, yeah. they're very famous. They break up, and it's the behind the music thing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. have no idea why these two movies are in the sequence that they're in. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think what you're saying makes sense. Um, CGI is a little better in this one. Yes. And like I said, Tim Blake Nelson. Well, of course, we had Rowan Atkinson in the one before this. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a feel. This is like Spy Kids, isn't it? No, oh, maybe a little bit. Whereas Spy Kids is shot almost <laughs> completely on a total green screen. The yeah. later ones are. Yeah. It's this. Take this property. Spy Kids is original. Um, but 
uh, it's just kind of the same thing. It's kind of for kids, but also for adults. You get people who are willing to slum it a little bit, like you know Tim Blake Nelson or uh, or Pete, Peter Peter Boyle, Peter Boyle yeah. or Rowan Atkinson, and you put them in situations. You have crazy CGI stuff, and it's like the same kind of okay. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I think that it's it's a it's a similar tone for sure. Um, we should mention too that Seth Green is in this as well. <laughs> Which um, I, I can't believe it took him this long to be in. He should have been in the first one too. This should have been the first movie. Yeah, I can't be the first person to come up with this. Probably not. Um, There's more of a. This is more of a classic Scooby Doo tale because even it though it's commenting on Scooby Doo tales, we still have. Uh, we we're literally doing the old creatures. We're doing yes. a guy that's like, but it was actually this guy, and then we we, yes. we tweak it a little, but. Also, that guy is not that guy. He's this guy. Right. It's double mass. It, it's, yeah. ta- it's it's sending up the formula of the original one. Yeah. In the second one, you go crazy and you go to a tropical island. Right. And in this one, but we also... it wouldn't have been Sugar Ray. It would have been 311. Sorry. Right. <laughs> and in this one, we also go back to um, their original um, hideout, which apparently they went were at in high school, and we get a flashback of them, too. So, I mean, it's, which it's just, more... Which you, just... You, you nailed that one. That literally just sets up... The, them throwing the frisbee-like device at the end. Yes, that's entirely what it totally was about. Necessary, but I'll, that's okay. <laughs> but here's my thing: like when they're playing frisbee as kids, they're bad. They're at terrible it. at it. And when they're throwing the device <laughs> around, they're great. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I think somebody drops it at one point, but does James Gunn not know what a pun is? <laughs> I don't know. Because they, I, I like the idea. Again, I think this would be great for the first movie. But they go to a bar called the Faux Ghost. Yeah. Which is not... It's not anything. <laughs> that's not a thing. No. I guess faux kind of sounds like ghost. Like the... I, I mean, you're just, it's a fake ghost. It's, so, I mean, I guess that's right. where the, all the bad guys Except we go. know ghosts are real. Right. First movie. Yeah. Should have been the second movie. I know. But anyway, and then in the first film, there's a bar yeah. on, the, on the island called... Plus, there's like a weird voodoo guy... Which island. we never... It we, never he, pays off in any real he's way. He's like two little he's scenes. He's only a red herring. Yes. It doesn't pay off. Sorry. But, but he's not even a good red herring because I'm like, well, this isn't the guy. Like right from the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, he's not your bad guy. First movie, there's a bar called Dead Mike's. Mm-hmm. Or Dead Dead Mike. I, yeah. Well, I don't get it. I don't get it either. The there's only thing I can come up get. with was there's a character in the Chris Rock movie CB4 whose rap name is Dead Mike. I think that's a deep cut, and I don't know that that's what they're James Gunn, to. huge CB4 fan. I I, I don't know. Um, I he think loves, he loves "Sweat for My Balls." That's his favorite track. I think you actually, when we were watching it, wow, uh, came so, up with no, a better I spent name. The second half of the movie trying to figure out what the, what the pun was. There was no pun. No. Uh, pun, no pun. Um, I thought that maybe he would be a zombie, and then he'd be undead, Mike. Well, that would have made more sense. <laughs> That would have been a more clever name. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. Or Shrunken Head Mikes or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't something. even know if that's racist. Uh, but, um, yeah. yeah. Um, this is a little less. I mean, there's more KFC. There's less, yeah. uh, you know, cool 2000s references that we're supposed to pick up on. But they do out of nowhere go, ready to rumble. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. This thing is so of its time. It is. Um, well, and I think like um, Fred says something like like it like is going to be something like a dot com or something yeah, like that yeah. at one point. And I was like, whoa, and then that's a, an old reference. And then that's a not something cool we say musical anymore. member at the end with Ruben Stuttered. 
<laughs> oh, Ruben. It just makes me sad. I mean, shouldn't it have been um, Soul Patrol guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because of Soul Patrol. Yeah, right. The Ghoul Patrol. Yeah, right. Um, and you don't know how they're trying to market these things to kids. You just can't understand. No, well. American Idol stars. Yeah, Why does From Justin to Kelly exist? Yeah, I know. Um, Interesting. Maybe this is why it works, because people just don't understand. They've already been uh, Spooky Island zombified. I'm the only one. And you're next. I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying. Ah, that's uh, that's uh, when uh, at the end of the movie he points and he goes, ah. Got it. That's the sound effect. Yes. Um, I'm just trying to think of like <laughs> celebrities being in movies. Let's get ready to. Ah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that that's ever really been a pull for me. Like, if I had known, like, oh, Sugar Ray's in this movie, matter, yeah. I wouldn't have raced out to see the, know, this movie. I know, but it still happens, though. I guess. Um, anything else? Uh, so, like I said, CGI for Scooby, a little better in this, uh, and the monsters, too. Uh, the monsters are pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow he uses randomonium, because we hadn't come up with an obtainium yet, wow. to... Uh, to create, to make the monsters real. Yeah. So if there was a guy that was wearing a tarp and he was like, oh, I'm tar and I've got a apparatus that squirts tar from under my arms. Yeah. Now he's a literal tar mo- monster. Yeah. How, okay. All right. Um, sure. It's science. How do you make a real ghost? <laughs> I don't know. This one is super science, but it's a little more science based, which is why I think the second one should have been. <laughs> The first one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I have a question. So the guy who well, ended up being talk about CGI. But... Oh, okay. Let's talk about the CGI. It's um, good, but it's not great because they have an entire scene where uh, Matthew Lillard and a fake dog surf down a mountain, and it's all fake. It's there isn't yeah. just a stunt man on a sled. Right. The and whole thing is CGI, and, and they're it, followed by two and it does evil not work. CGI skeletons who are supposed to be big comedy characters, but never really land. And I, were they're they not that funny? Were they monsters in another cartoon? I don't remember them. From I, I don't remember them for anything. And they weren't. They weren't like costumes, so they must have just been like the vultures. Like first, like well, I'm gonna animate these bones. The um, I don't know what hey, to call. Man. What is his? I'll kill name? you. Okay, dog. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 was his name? Like Jacob Jacobian or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty that clear it was him from the beginning. Yeah. Um. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it was the Peter Boyle character. I kind of thought that Alicia Silverstone was involved. Um. At some, you know, to some extent. Um. I thought that that having Seth Green be at the evil guy's lair was actually a pretty good red herring because I thought, how is he involved? I wasn't sure, but I kind of thought that he was. And that never really paid off for me. Like, why was he snooping around? Like, was he just trying to get down to the bottom of the mystery, too? Like, yeah. um, But Yeah, the answer was yes, I guess. I guess. But then I do have another question for you. Sure. Who has the, the shrine to Jacob Jacoby in? Was it? Was I guess it it's Jacob, Jacob Jacoby. He's I like, here is he... a shrine to myself yeah. in my secret lair. That's all I can think of. Weird. That or the Weird. the totally random, not a name, don't know the actor's name character they brought in at the end as like the real red herring or whatever because oh, the yeah because metalhead or whatever had an assistant and yes. it was the cameraman who we yeah. never focused or had a no. conversation with or did anything with throughout no, the entire. No, we had film. not seen really. Throughout the film, yeah, yeah. not a, not an old man withers moment. No, um, 
anyway, there's good stuff in this. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about. I, I like I said, I thought that it was weird that they couldn't catch a frisbee, but <laughs> but that's the important part of the of the climax. Yeah, um, they really kind of shoved that in. Why not start the movie with that? Yeah. Um, but like work is being done here. Mm-hmm. But again, the stakes are lower in this, and the mystery is more conventional. Why wasn't it the first one? I, um, I, I like that there's a cotton candy monster that that <laughs> Scooby Doo and Shaggy Scoo- like eat. Which is it alive? Is it in their bellies now as yeah. living cotton candy? How does I that even work? I don't know. But I did like it's a moment of triumph for them because when you think about it, the entire mystery gang, but definitely these two, spend every day of their life in abject terror at the yes. things that, and they know that it's probably a guy in a mask, but they won't be any less dead. Yeah. And so it's a win for them because they're confronted by a spooky cotton candy monster and they're like, all right, well, you came into the wrong dungeon, pal. Yeah, <laughs> right, we're, exactly. We're gonna eat you. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, Scooby uses a fire extinguisher to freeze the tar guy. That's not how fire extinguishers work. They don't no. have Freon in them. Right. It doesn't make any sense, but it's a cartoon. It was fun. Um, and like Shaggy and Scooby got to be, um, you know, useful in like yeah. the climactic moment. Absolutely. So I think that was important. I like that. So the budget for this was either twenty five million or eighty million. What? That's a huge range. Yeah, I can believe the twenty five million because this movie does feel cheaper than the than the first one. But why wouldn't they? But get somehow a- they spent twenty or eighty million dollars on the first one. Yeah, so. I, I would Im- imagine they got about as much money. I don't know. So Warner Brothers is um, doing their own thing now. They've got this HBO thing. They've got their comic book uh, properties. Yeah, it's been fifteen years. How do you bring this back? I say you Bill and Ted face the music it. Oh, sure. The gang ages in real time, although they're from the 70s. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're older now and they've got to get, you know, they were supposed to continue to fight spooks and, and goblins and stuff like that. And um, they, they've got to get back on track. They've fallen apart somehow. Um, yeah. Um, how do you explain that Scooby is still around? Sorry, I didn't mean to make it dark. I don't but... think we've ever worried about that. I okay. mean, especially when we go, you know, Scoob, the only thing I like better than an eggplant burger is an eggplant burger covered in chocolate. Yeah, I know. And Scooby's like, ooh, give me some of that. I know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you can eat anything you want, Scoob, just uh, not that chocolate. Stay away from I, the buffet. No, good point. Good point. <laughs> There's a chocolate fountain. <laughs> yeah, right? That's a problem. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's definitely a problem. Um... There's something really weird here that I want to talk about. Yeah. So I think this was shot in Canada. And here's why. Oh, the second one? Because when <laughs> that really weird sequence where, um, and I feel like it's pretty true except for the Midriff. It's pretty true to the comic, the kind of situation that they would get into when Shaggy and Scooby start drinking random chemicals. Yeah. And Shaggy turns into a Shaggy chick. Yeah. So he's got a woman's body and Matthew Lillard's head Mm -hmm. sort of inexpertly uh, aughts CGI onto a girl's body. That girl was Nazanin Afshinjam. Okay. She is an Iranian-Canadian human rights activist, author and public speaker, former Miss World Canada Whoa. And she's married to Peter McKay, former Minister of Justice and Attorney General of Canada. So certainly something that she's not proud to have on her LinkedIn page. 
Wow. Why would she do that? Because she was a model 15 years ago oh, before she became a human rights activist. Wow. That's weird. Okay. But she's Iranian Canadian, so there's representation in there. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway. The female body of Shaggy. Um, well, speaking okay. of female bodies, mm-hmm. certainly uh, no, no lack of them in this. Um, yeah. I think the first movie is rather exploitative. The second movie has a better attitude about it, I think, because we're specifically having like Velma decide to sex up her image and they yeah. put her in like this ridiculous cat suit and they get yeah. all the jokes out of it they can. They the do. best one being that, you know, she's got the cleavage in the cat suit and after she blows it with Seth Green, she's like, oh, she unzips it and then poof, like her sweater comes out. I loved it. that. <laughs> like, That's good. That's good stuff. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was really great. Which um, is, okay, so bargain basement, end of the line, what'd you think? Um, I think it was more entertaining than I was expecting. And I think it's, they were better done than I was expecting too. And I enjoyed them more than if you had asked me before watching them, if I would like those movies, I probably would have said probably not because I got to tell you, I didn't rush out to the theater and watch them when they came out. I laughed as much as I rolled my eyes. Yeah. I wish I hadn't rolled my eyes as much as I had. And I think if these weren't made as I was trying to point out before, but I guess you didn't vibe with it, in the dirty oddies when they were just so clearly uh, sort of empty. James Gunn was doing everything he could to like put like intelligence and like clever like references in, Mm -hmm. but they were just clearly just there to, you know, make kids come and go, oh yeah, Scooby-Doo and Sugar Ray. Right. Uh, Who, by the way, there's never- Had monsters inside them? Yeah, they were possessed too. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it wasn't turned into like some kind of plot point or something like no. it was in uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Like right. they're literally just yeah, get those guys and like yeah. sugar. They're breaking the glass with a yeah. guitar. Yeah, uh, it never never comes back. No. Um, yeah, I think if they've just been made with a little more care, um, yeah, still obviously a ploy to separate you from your money. Um, I would they would have been better. But that being said, didn't regret watching them. No. Don't know if I'd ever do it again. No. I mean, if would but you watch a third it. one if it came out, like, and it was written by James Gunn? Yeah, if they, yeah, if they do the, the face the music. Yeah, right. Sure. sure. Face the some dumb pun that pun that doesn't make any sense. Face the monsters. Oh, that actually uh, makes sense. That actually makes sense, and it's kind of cute. Face the ghouls. Yeah. Um, James, it's monsters starts with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can. It's up to you, man. Yeah. Right. You got the typewriter. Yeah. Go I and mean, face the ghouls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of a man. Oh, the man with the power. Oh, the power of voodoo. Oh, you do, you do. You remind me of a man. Yeah, the man with the power. Yeah, the power of voodoo. So there you go. Uh, spooky, scary? I don't know. There's ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> ghosts are real. Yeah. If they were like aliens or something. Because you can't plan for aliens. That's just science. We never really know, like... No, they're like they... literal demons from hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we know that, don't we? But, like, how does, like, Scrappy Human beings have souls. Summon them, like, with uh, a little... Scooby um... goes to the forest to get his his basket of free yes. hamburgers, his pillowcase of free hamburgers, and he's yeah. like, thank you to, to God. So God is canon. Right. I mean, does the little um, pyramid thing, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> the, 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 the Hellraiser box? Yeah, right. Does that is that what helped Scrappy-Doo and his minions? Like, we like... have such sights to show you, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, 
no, I'm picturing Shaggy as Pinhead. Um, weird. Scooby is the chitterer. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Right. That works. Like, only, come like, to daddy. There's only like four of them. Like, All right. We've done enough. Okay. We've done wow. damage. <laughs> That's it for our show this week. Uh, go to social medias and join us in the pleasures of the island. Yes. <laughs> Whatever that is. Uh, yeah. On Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, all those places. We'd love to chat with you. We've got Discord as well. You can find that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And go to your listening platform of choice, uh, whatever it is. Um, Spookify. Yes. Uh Eye bones. Eye bones? Uh, quick before I take all the ones you know. Oh, um, I just realized. She just spilled her water everywhere. So we're going to move on from this bit. Join us there. <laughs> subscribe to the show so you get it as soon as it comes out. You can also leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And give us a rating because honestly, that's how we move forward yes. in this computerized world of exploiting children through KFC and Sugar Ray. And Sugar I Ray. I feel like Brandon Fraser going into the ground in early 2000 and then coming out now and going, hey, where's all the Sugar Ray? I thought they were going to last forever. Give me a warm <laughs> Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so, yeah. Give us five uh, dogs dressed up as a woman in both films. Yep. That's their move. Yep. He's oh, going to be a woman. Shaggy, was was he supposed to be a pimp? Yeah. <laughs> Went to the bar in that one scene. How did we not talk about that? I don't the casual, know. The casual um, uh, mainstreaming of pimps as well. I yeah. forgot. That's the dirty oddies. Yeah. Gonna miss them. Yeah. Yeah, give us five stars and just stay out of that. <laughs> we'll be back in the future to talk about more spookaroos. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikanada. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs>